This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Also, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. We're going to read a haiku later on in the show because all new subscribers to our Patreon get their own poem written for them and read on the air. Sam, I'm sure you saw the uh, the people who appear to live in a museum or something in St. Louis uh, running outside barefoot aiming guns at protesters. Yeah, uh, it's it's always uh, it's always a smart idea to do something that is going to get the entire world pissed off at you it, it, when you do that in front of your own home where you live. <laughs> where people can easily geolocate you. So a uh, very, very smart move there. Not sure by... ge- Not sure geolocation devices are necessary given that they live in the massive museum-looking building in <laughs> St. Louis. <laughs> in the biggest <laughs> building in town. Well, it's not that it's not necessary. It's just it's, it's easy as hell. It's like it, it, it probably is, is the easiest bit of a... Uh, of geolocation you'll ever have to do. Yeah. Yeah. On the, uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum from people living in massive mansions to, uh, what's going on in Seattle and the chop, uh, there was a shooting there. The circumstances around this shooting are, let's say fishy. Well, it really strongly looks like it was, um, someone with far right-wing motivations because initial reports are that people rocked up, two people rocked up in a stolen car and shot and started shooting indiscriminately into the CHOP, at which point um, CHOP security fired back and hit these two people, one of whom is evidently dead. And... I'm wondering where is the NRA praising the good guy with the gun here that probably stopped a fucking massacre. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know much, much more than, than that about this story. But when I seen these reports of these various shootings at chop, they seem pretty suspect to me. I'm not saying that like these are, cop games going on here but wouldn't be surprised by it either no and i mean it it wouldn't be surprised if this was someone who's been riled up by conservative uh talk radio fox news the president himself i mean the president has basically been going on and on ad nauseum about the chop and about how radical anarchists are taking over the city blah 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 law and order and we saw in 2018 when the president was trying to get people riled up over immigration and talking about the caravan of, uh, of asylum seekers from Honduras, we saw how that led to, you know, acts of terror, most notably at the, at the Tree of Life synagogue when, when a, uh, a neo-Nazi shot up the place uh, talking about replacement theory and stuff. Yeah. And uh, vibing off things that, that the president has said. And so far, uh, 
reports I've read about this shooting seem to say, oh, this is just another incidence of, of, of chop lawlessness when it again, it really seems like the story is here is that a far right dipshit, two far right dipshits wanted to carry out a massacre and we're and we're stopped and we're cut down by people that the NRA uh, like only dreams of in terms of in terms of massacre stopping a uh, good guy with a gun type thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's all good and normal that this is being reported. It's just another act of violence. And I'm sure there will be no interrogation into this and the causes whatsoever. And uh, it's just an incredibly normal year out there, folks. Speaking of uh, normal, let's get on with the rest of uh, the show. It's Monday, June 29th, 2020. Here's the news. Another busy morning at the Supreme Court, which is churning out decisions before wrapping up its current term. Three opinions were released today. First, a case on reproductive rights and health. Justices narrowly struck down a law which would have forced abortion providers in Louisiana to have hospital admission privileges, something clearly designed to regulate providers into the ground. Per the case syllabus, the law was set to leave Louisiana with just one provider in a state where there are about 10,000 abortions annually. Texas tried passing an identical law in 2016. It was nullified by the Supreme Court then. But even with Brett Kavanaugh replacing Anthony Kennedy, the religious right still can't get its way. Chief Justice John Roberts sided with liberals this time around, despite siding with the conservatives in 2016. To make it even sweeter, Roberts cited the fact that his side lost in 2016 as a reason why he joined the libs, something that is surely causing Heritage Foundation diapers to overflow today. In his concurring opinion, Roberts said legal custom, quote, instruct us to treat like cases alike. The result in this case is controlled by our decision four years ago invalidating a nearly identical Texas law. In another opinion released today, the court ruled that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is unconstitutionally structured. Fortunately, the majority didn't scrap the agency altogether. They just said that the president should be able to fire the director at will. The decision comes too late in the Trump presidency to have a major impact on the agency in the short term. You might recall how during the first year of the Trump administration, an Obama appointee, Richard Cordray, led the CFPB. Ironically, this outcome could help Democrats in the short to medium run. With this ruling, Trump's CFPB director, Kathy Craninger, could be fired on day one of a Biden administration. Her five-year term isn't set to expire until December 2023. If only Biden wasn't lining up someone like Jamie Dimon's nephew to replace her. Uh, just going to assume that's the case until proven wrong. Finally, the court also issued its ruling in the case involving government grants to NGOs and rules forcing them to denounce sex work. This was a framework created under President George W. Bush by Congress. In 2013, the court struck down these rules for U.S.-based entities. Today, it said this standard doesn't apply to foreign NGOs. 
but dissenting liberals said the court is effectively restricting the speech of U.S. citizens. This case was filed by George Soros's Open Society Foundation, which has entities in numerous countries. Can't say that without sounding like a crank, but hey, these are just the facts of the case. In his dissent, Justice Stephen Breyer said the court is approving of compelled distortion of American speech, quote, when they speak through clearly identified affiliates that have been incorporated overseas. A House subcommittee convened a hearing Monday to examine the acts of violence against protesters and journalists perpetrated by police during the nationwide uprising. Lawmakers heard from journalists, activists, and a member of the clergy who had been victimized by or witnessed acts of brutality. Here was testimony from freelance journalist Lauren Torado, who lost an eye after being shot with a rubber bullet by police while reporting in Minneapolis. I am angry, of course, and I am grieving, and I am worried that the United States is becoming a more dangerous place to be a journalist. I have lost an eye, but not any moral clarity. I was shot in the face for being a reporter. Lawmakers also heard testimony from Reverend Gina Gerbasi with St. John's Episcopal Church in Washington. She was at Lafayette Square earlier this month when federal forces violently attacked protesters to clear the way for a Trump photo op in front of a church. Here was her testimony. As the protesters ran from the park, I called out, water, eyewash, an attempt to assist the fleeing protesters. A man knelt in front of me, coughing and terrified, his eyes swollen and red. He begged for something to help the stinging, and I began to rinse his eyes. I heard someone yell rubber bullets, and I looked up from washing the man's eyes to see a man in front of me holding his stomach and bent over. He moved his arms, and I saw marks on his shirt, and then I looked over his shoulder, and I could not believe my eyes. A wall of police in full riot gear was physically pushing people off the St. John's patio, maybe 15 feet away from me. The scene was shocking, and the terrified faces of the protesters continue to haunt me. They were peacefully protesting, and the government used violence against them. Democrats on the committee heard these stories and feigned outrage, though there was little discussion about what to do with the fact that police are targeting and maiming journalists and non-journalists, for that matter. On the other side, bootlicking Republicans on the committee, of course, had no interest in holding police accountable for rioting. Instead, they wanted the hearing to be about Antifa. Which is why Representative Jim Jordan's witness was grifting fascist Andy No. No pretends that he is a journalist, but his real shtick is as an information warrior for the alt right or the fascist right. He puts out selectively edited videos, names and doxes left wing activists, supplying intelligence to armed white supremacist gangs. Knowing his MO, No is often forced out of protests by the left. During one such instance, Noah was hit with a milkshake, which he claimed was cement and caused him brain damage. A lie, a lie that Noah was able to raise a significant amount of money off of. Anyway, here was Noah, once again mythologizing himself and hyping up the threat of anti-fascist organizing at today's hearing. 
I received more threats when it was announced that I would be speaking to this committee. I am in fear, but the truth is too important to remain silent. These are organized and committed violent extremists who look to destabilize the country. They are trained to use encrypted means of communication to hide their trail. Those who get injured or arrested are regular protesters and even journalists. Antifa melt away into the black wall. In case you're just hearing of him for the first time, no, Andy is not British. He just affects an accent like that, like some of the most annoying people in the world do. Uh, Andy was born in Portland. He chooses to talk like that. This is as egregious a case of stolen identity as Jennifer Hamm changing her online name to Jenny Jardin. <laughs> we got some additional insight recently into the corporate welfare state. The bonds of 86 companies have been purchased by the Federal Reserve through COVID-19 emergency facilities. A list of transactions disclosed yesterday revealed these Fed holdings, which were worth a total of $428 million in mid-June. They include bonds issued by some of corporate America's biggest names. In the Fed's COVID portfolio are millions in bonds, each from Walmart, Ford, AT&T, and Coca-Cola. The central bank also bought ExxonMobil and Boeing bonds. We're talking about two companies that have already gotten a lot of preferential treatment from the Trump administration and Congress. Boeing got a special bailout from Congress on national security grounds to cover for the fact it's in serious trouble because its 737 MAX kept crashing. Meanwhile, as we reported, the Department of Energy lent 23 million barrels of storage space in the spring to U.S. oil companies through the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and 10 million barrels of that space, almost half, went solely to ExxonMobil. And what would a bailout of financialized corporate America be without help for the health insurance industry? Disclosures reveal the Fed bought over $16 million in bonds issued by United Health Group. And uh, for balance, I guess, uh, the central bank also bought a few million in bonds uh, from tobacco giant Philip Morris. Anyway, we will almost certainly have more on this soon. Fed Chair Jay Powell is testifying tomorrow before the House Financial Services Committee. Finally today, one thing I've been tracking on the pod is the various pandemic scammers, the companies that claim to have coronavirus cures or are hawking prevention crystals and mushroom teas that will uh, ward off COVID-19. The Federal Trade Commission has been issuing regular warnings and enforcement actions against hucksters selling their pandemic wares. On Monday, the FTC issued a warning of a slightly different kind, this one aimed at the grocery store Karens who we've seen regularly flipping out online. The agency noted that cards are circulating online that purport that the holder of the card has a disability that prevents them from wearing a mask. Individuals are using these cards to get around mask requirements in public. The individuals will also claim that according to the card, it is illegal to inquire about what disability prevents them from wearing the mask. Often these cards are stamped with government seals like the Department of Justice and reference the Americans with Disabilities Act. But the FTC said in an announcement today, quote, the fact is these cards aren't issued or endorsed by the Department of Justice or any other federal agency. DOJ urges the public not to rely on the information contained in these postings. People are just out here coming up with reasons to not wear masks 
while the infection rate reaches record highs and more than 125,000 people have died of the virus. 32 states across the country are now seeing their daily infection rates increase. And just a reminder that all of this could have been avoided, but the government decided that it just couldn't, just absolutely cannot, cut people another $1,200 check. So here we are. And that will do it for the newscast today. One last thing to do before we go is read a haiku for our new subscriber over at Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. This one is for John. As a worker, I'll order the unlimited salad and breadsticks. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Apologies for the extremely online haiku there. Uh, maybe you're just as online as we are and you know what I'm talking about. If not, it works either way. 575. It's got the syllables. It's a haiku. Uh, thank you, John, and thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. We are back tomorrow with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. <laughs>